sentence, right? And it goes like this. You don't have to bump this, but please respect it. Yeah. I took a minus and now the hard times are, I took a minus and now the hard times are behind us. Um, so in other words, just you ain't got to bump it, but respect it. What you been saying? What's been going on? All good, bro. All good. Yeah, enjoying the um, the warmness. I am enjoying the mild. The, the mildness yeah, seems yeah, to have yeah. cheered up, cheered yeah. up things. And hopefully we can get out outdoor meetings maybe in the next couple yeah, of weeks. Yeah. yeah. Um, from what I'm hearing, so there's some light. So I think tomorrow, tomorrow Boris announces it's big BJ tomorrow. Yeah. It's a BJ day tomorrow. So he's going to announce the easing back of restrictions. Yep. So we'll see what he says. What do you think? Do you think it will be like what we're guessing that maybe six people outdoors? I think it will go. I think we'll go down to tier three. Okay. Um, so does that mean the opening of some shops as well? Non-essential shops. And I hope that includes gyms. Yeah. I really hope yeah. that includes gyms. Yeah, you, listen, at the end of the day, it's nice to think that things are going to get better. Have you heard Have you heard about fur- Has furlough been increased? Furlough has been extended to summer. To summer now? I think summer. Okay. Does that summer like... Or August. Does that make us feel that maybe... Obviously, you said tier three. So lockdowns will probably stay, but be a lot better yeah. than they were. Tier, tier three was essentially a lockdown anyway. Yeah, but at least with tier three, there wasn't as much scrutiny on your movements. True. You know, true, if true, you true. bop to the shop, you ain't looking to get a policeman trying to find you. Yeah, yeah. So that's good news. And what do you think about, have you heard about um, rapid tests f- maybe for the uh, entertainment industry? No. Tell so, me about this. So essentially what Boris is p- proposing is, it might be one of the last things that becomes available okay. to us in terms of loosening uh, restrictions. But essentially, you might turn up at a pub or a theatre show or a nightclub and you've got to bus a, a rapid test. And if you pass the test, you could go and rave. And if you don't pass the test, you got to go home. That's pretty sick. It is, it is and it isn't. Because if you've had a cold, yeah. say a couple of weeks before, yeah, have to go home. <laughs> what, because the rapid test, it maximises your germs by 40 million. Okay. So it it may find a virus in you, oh, okay. but it might not be COVID, but oh, it no. might test, po- but it will test positive for you. And then you hear stories about rapid tests are only 30% reliable. Yeah. Um, Erica Badu apparently done a rapid test where one nostril was negative and one was positive. Really? Yeah. Like you can check that out for yourself. Erica Badu, ledge. Um, so yeah, I just, I mean, don't get me wrong. I think it's nice that they want to try these different kind of situations. But could you imagine getting all dressed up? There's like five, six of you, yeah? You're like, yeah, what's happening? Can't wait to see you tonight, bro. Can't wait to get, you know what I mean? Can't wait to have a good yeah, time. Yeah. And then you turn up at that, you turn up, you know what I mean? You see a bit of a queue, you know what I mean? You're like, lovely. Bouncer's like, you want to guess this? You're like, yeah, it's me plus five. It's like, no problem. Step over here for the RPP. And then two of you test positive. It's a bit like, do you remember when you were younger? When you were, when you were younger, yeah. I don't know what packs you had with your crew. For example, when you went raving and you were under 18, yeah. if anyone didn't get in, what was your agreement with the crew? Just all cut. Well, everyone leaves? Yeah, everyone Okay, leaves. That's, that's good. I like that. That's how it should be. Yeah. But you know, sometimes you might get them ones that are like, we're going to go in. No, 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 none of that. None of that. <laughs> that's what I'm talking. <laughs> so imagine like, you know, five of you turn up and yeah. one of you don't get in. Yeah. So that all five of you leave. Yeah. And then what happens if you test positive and, I, and I'm standing next to you? I've come to this rave with you and you test positive. Doesn't that mean that I've got to go, I've got to go and shield as well? True. So I could just see a whole lot of complications. And, uh, and how rapid is this rapid test? Within an hour. No, it's got to be, it, it can't be an hour. It has to be less than an hour. Because think about it. If you go raving and you turn up at 10, yeah. you don't get your result till 11. Yeah. What are you doing for that hour? True. Where are you? True. And also, do you get escorted home? And also, if you test positive, what, they just let you get back on the underground? <laughs> and try and, so, you know what? See, what happens when, we, when, you, when you start questioning things, though, when you start looking at different scenarios... 
you're not, I'm not questioning it to try and find holes. I'm just questioning it to try and find out what See, would happen yeah. in certain scenarios. And already we're laughing because we can't really work out, yeah. you know, what would happen if me and you went raving, you tested positive, we both leave the rave. Yeah. Do we get chaperoned home or do we not? So I'm sure we'll have all of that. To, Where's the first place that you're going to once lockdown's lifted? I'd like probably maybe somewhere to eat. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Definitely. Maybe going, maybe or, or maybe even a park, yeah. just to see like loads, loads of people to arrange to meet, maybe or 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 a barbecue. I don't know. I don't know, man, because there's so many different kind of. But like, I'm looking forward to the first family barbecue, like maybe when there's more than the the immediate household. Yeah. I'm looking forward to maybe going to a restaurant and seeing like five, six of your mates sitting at yeah, the table. Yeah, yeah. Like, what are you saying? What's going on, yeah, man? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And at the same time, maybe going to a park on a Sunday, nice weather turn up and there's like <clears throat> gradually 10, 15, 20 people that you know, everyone's yeah, yeah. chilling, talking, laughing, got some games going on, just whatever, just to get some social energy. Yeah, five side would be nice. Yeah, things like that. I'm definitely going, I'm definitely going to start playing football again. Yeah, yeah, sure. uh, I'm going Veterans League. You see, you're doing that before? Like that, yeah, man, you? I was doing that before. The last game I played was fantastic. I scored and I set up a goal. Um, and for everyone out there who's like any anywhere 35 and above, that's relatively fit. Like these leagues are wicked because you start your 18 again. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like you're playing against people of all different kind of fitness levels. So if you've maintained just a decent level of fitness, um, the football's more about shape and formation because obviously everyone's older, so you can't move around as much. But if you've still got that flexibility and you can still make those runs in behind a defence, it's like you're 18 again. Do you yeah. know what I mean? So you might be going home telling your telling telling your peoples that you know I banged in two goals or set up set up yeah, a couple yeah, of yeah. goals. So yeah, veterans football. I'm definitely gonna get back into. Did, did you ever play? Did you ever play yeah, for a yeah, team? We, or? Yeah, we used to play weekly. <clears throat> Where uh, was that? Power League. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So just with mates. Just with mates. So yeah. what would you do? Would you play this with, with the same group mix like your teams every week? It was first come first serve. So whoever was first to say I'm in, their name was then put into the into the group. Yeah, but in terms of when you got on the night to. Play play your five aside oh, okay, how yeah. do you separate who's playing against it'll, who it'll be the night before or even on the same day actually yeah but who's is that with day. all of you agreeing that or is that with yeah just, no we all of us agreed you do it based on who, who's strongest in defense you try and cancel team. people out yeah, yeah so you yeah. say if you've got a top striker exactly the other team's got exactly. a top striker but there's always that problem where during the game if you, if an, if one of your mates teams goes three four nil up early and you say it's unfair teams you're like bruv this is not working <laughs> this is not it's clearly not working you're like but this is what we agree what's wrong with mm -hmm. you lot so i can't wait to get back to all of that kind and tennis you know that as well yeah yeah like i used to i used to i used to enjoy playing like, i'm not great at tennis but i can play do you know what yeah, i mean yeah. I'm, i, I enjoy playing tennis yeah no I'm big on tennis we'll, we'll have to we'll sure. definitely get some 100%. we'll get some tennis in man 100%. so um, David Lloyd North Finchley yeah listen we'll play North Finchley Brunfield Park's got courts yeah, we, yeah. We'll, we'll definitely get that going and you know what after we play if it's competitive competitive then we'll start up a little start up a little thing and yeah. at the end of the month there's got to be a forfeit so okay. we'll, we'll try and play once a week yeah so that's four times a month. Uh -huh. And at the end of every every fourth event, whoever's like in the lead, yeah. he's got a sort of... Yeah, game. Right, cool. I'm game. My double backhand <laughs> is nothing to play with, bro. It's nothing to play with. <laughs> when, I was, when you was watching tennis though, who was your like, who did you sort of like, rah, man, he's the one. The, um, Tim Hemmen. Oh, really? Tim Hemmen was the first for me, yeah. So is that the first one I for you? I used to rate him highly. See, see maybe because obviously the ages, but my yeah. first one... I remember watching players like, for me, the, the first, the person that made tennis cool for me was probably Agassi. Yeah, okay? Agassi. Because I'm, when I was growing up, 9, 10, 11, that's yeah. when he was bussing yeah, like yeah. Nike, but he was wearing different colours. He was wearing pink um, cycling shorts under the tennis shorts yeah. that were denim. I forget, who was his main rival? Peter um, Sampras. Peter Sampras. Yeah. Like my era was like Sampras, Agassi, Jim Courier, Edberg was another one. 
Steffi Graf, and then and then we moved as 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 I got into my later teens. Yeah. That's when obviously the Hemmans came yeah, along. Yeah, yeah. Um, so was it Wimbledon that sort of got you when Hem was? What did, sure, when did, yeah, what did he get yeah. to the semi final that year? He got to the semi final. Yeah, it's uh, a shame he never won it. Really, yeah, yeah, it's a shame he never won it because he was a, he was a kind of he was a nice dude, didn't he? He was always he was he one was of the nice ones. Was, yeah. 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 <laughs> but yeah. do you play like him? Like, do you come to the net? Are you one of them ones that tries to serve and then run up to the net yeah, and hit yeah. a man with a I volley? Like be, I like to be everywhere. All right, because I, like I will lob you. <laughs> I will lob you, bruv. You don't understand that shot where I where I caress the tennis ball. So I, I caress it, but I take the ball yeah. up and then I bring the racket over the ball. So I'm lobbing you, and then it's bouncing in. Right. Give it the chat now, and we'll see you when it comes. To I the can't chat. wait. You know, see, but this is what I'm saying. At least it's nice to know that we it's can look to forward, forward to that yeah, for because sure. you know, there's there's there has to be some lifting sure. so we can so we can crack sure. on with this. I just I just miss I just miss being active. I miss I miss just just sweating. I miss just. You know, heart racing. I just miss yeah. being active. Yeah, I know what you mean. I mean, it's different when you can like go and do some circuits or pop into the into the park or or find yourself a little bit of space. But it's a little bit different to when you're you're in a group or you're, you you meet on a court and you play for a couple of hours sure. and then you have to chat afterwards. Yeah, yeah. Then you might I don't know go and get a drink or freshen yeah, yeah. up and then go and get a drink. Um, or even with okay, a munch afterwards. Yeah, do you know what I mean? Or like when you when you finish football, bruv, and you're all in the car park, yeah. and you're just chilling by each other's yeah, cars, yeah. chatting. Yeah, 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 we saying, yeah, we saying. Endorphins are flowing. Yeah, man. Good. Everyone's just, just like, what's going on for the rest of the week? Yeah, yeah. And maybe other mans might start bringing up debates or conversations. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like we need that, bruv. We need that. And there's only so much eighteen mans on a Zoom call <laughs> can really do that. You can't have that when there's when there's five six of you and you're standing round in a circle or you're chatting in that way. It's a lot different to this virtual shit it's do you true. know what I mean and you know I know the virtual stuff is whatever it is and you know you have to ad adapt but it's not the same as humans it's not the same as when you finish any type of event with a group mm -hmm. do you think more people will try and maybe make home entertainment more like epic I do think I do think this is just my observation. I do think that once we come out, I think one of the long-term trends that we're going to see is that people will possibly do more things at home. So have people around. Um, like, you know, a man cave. Yeah. Like imagine having a family cinema room yeah. in the garden. Yeah. So it's not a cinema room like a Mayweather style that's got like 30, 50 capacity and all that, like a proper mm -hmm. cinema, but like a cool little room where you come out and it's like, it sits five to six people. You've got like a 60 inch screen, maybe an 80 inch screen. Yeah. And you create kind of that, that feeling of cinema entertainment. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. but in a more intimate environment sure. because people I don't know might be scarred by you know might be a bit more apprehensive about large crowds not everyone there's people yeah. that are looking forward to you know the festival vibes and being in packed places I think it's just because we've been because we've been in this for so long I think it's just part of the natural psyche now mm. I think it's just what people are accustomed to it'll but be it'll hard go to two shake ways, it though. it's going to be hard to ways. shake it yeah, we'll go, yeah it'll be hard to shake the fact that you've been through what, what we've been through yeah, yeah as in that we've been locked down so I think people are still going to want to still going to want to go out but I think people would also like to stay at home as well yeah. and, and chill at home and do stuff at home have the friends around have family around yeah um, yeah but, and, and I just hope like, like for me for example I can't wait to go to a football match mm -hmm. a, a packed stadium and I just don't want you know you don't want your team to score and bruv man the amount of times like you'd be in a game right like 10 minutes to go there's an attack on and then your team scores and you start jumping over people you don't even know and like people are jumping with you that don't know you and your eye contact with them is so close mm -hmm. and you're you're everyone's losing it yeah, yeah. but you're losing it with this like unified joy Sharing do you know what I mean? Don't want to be like jumping on someone and like, what are you doing? Social distance, two yeah. meters. And you're like, come on, man, we just scored a goal. Like, you know what I mean? So, yeah. you know, the scarring yeah, of yeah, the yeah. of the experience. Are you excited to go see a Tottenham game with Mourinho I in charge? I'm excited to see Tottenham, but I don't know if I'm excited <laughs> to see Tottenham with under 
you know, it's just getting silly now again. It's just getting a little bit more like, I mean, even today, right? We did have some chances, but it's it's the it's the application of the desire. You know, like I'm not saying Spurs didn't want to win today. I'm not. We don't need to be like extra with it. Let's not be extra. Like we hit the bar, we hit the post. Like good save from Fabianski on Harry Kane's shot. But you just feel like there's no hunger in the movement. Yeah, it's it's a little bit more to do with you know how hungry are you and how much desire do you have on the day to get the result. And West Ham, I think they obviously showed that. They had they, they wanted it more. They're on the momentum at the moment, West Ham. They're trying to see if they can finish the season for the first time in the top four. Lingard's come in. He seemed to have given them a boost. It was funny seeing him throw up the, the iron hammers today, even though he's on loan from Man United. So <laughs> if he goes back to Man United and then he starts kissing the badge. But anyway, I'm sure it was it was it was a heat in a moment, emotional, and I'm I'm not gonna start questioning the geezer's loyalty. Like he scored a, a top goal. And as for the offside, it was ridiculous that I think he, he even got on his debut as well, didn't he? he? Scored I think he scored he scored two. He scored two goals on his debut. Yeah. But yeah, so so it looks like that. It's something to do with how much do you want it with Tottenham? How much do you want that's it? The, that's surely that's the manager's job to be able to instill that hunger within the players. That means Mourinho's not doing a good job. Yeah, it, it, yeah, because you, most players play for their manager, or, or you can see when a team's not playing for the manager. Obviously, with Frank Lampard getting sacked, you know Jurgen Klopp at the moment at Liverpool. It looks like once again he's trying to pull his team out of this kind of uh, negative rut. But I think with Jurgen, he 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 might be doing it more with that kind of come on guys let's we know what we're capable of whereas with Jose it just feels like it's a little bit like if you don't want to play don't play my trophy cabinet is still going to be the best trophy cabinet in the world and it's like Jose man like don't put this it's not all about your sunlight and your spotlight so you know what we'll see we lost to West Ham today right so usually when Spurs lose a derby especially when because we're going through a situation where we've lost the derby and the manager's under pressure mm -hmm. and we're getting closer and closer to the end of the season so I don't know if if we go out of Europe I think Mourinho's got to start feeling it but I don't think he really cares not that he, he doesn't care about his job and whatever he's, but I don't think if he stays he'll, he'll carry on doing what he's doing if he gets sacked then I'll go to Sky Sports for a couple of weeks <laughs> so do you know what I mean but if we keep running out of games um, and we keep losing, then eventually top four is definitely a myth. So, so today you said top floors a top floors a myth. Yeah. There's got to come a point where Jose, an interviewer, will say to Jose, "Do you still think you can get into the top four? And eventually he has to say no. If we carry on the way we're going, you can't. You, where, where are we now in the league? Seventh. So do you know what I mean? And and I, I think afterwards as well, it'll be interesting after this season to see Harry Kane. If he turns around and says, I want to leave in the summer, you can't really say, oh, you're a glory hunter, you're this, you're that. You, you can't say nothing no, to sure. the geezer. You, you have to respectfully accept that. Andrew, Harry, yeah. thank you so much. And if he goes to Man City, it will be devastating. You said Man City before. Do you think that's where he'll go? I think so. Okay. I think if he, if he doesn't leave England, yeah. then I think he'll go to Man City because yeah. of how they play football and what he would... The fact that Man City, they use every part of their team to build up play and then have this execution at the end. Yeah. He's the one. Mm. He's the missing piece. Like he, It's a natural kind of replacement for Sergio. He's not the same as Sergio, but in that system, he will be just as effective. Yeah. Harry can drop deep. Harry can link. Harry can score headers, shots in the box, shots outside the box. He, he's a team player. Him and he, Sterling will make a good pair. Yeah, but he's a team player, Hash. Yeah. Like, he will link with everyone, not just with Sterling. But if, if, he, if he's linking with Sun so well, then I'm sure him and Sterling could link up sure. brilliantly as well. So I think um, that's where I see him going. Do you think Sun will stay? Well, he's another one that, you know, how many more years do you want him to stay as well where it's... 
just nearly, it's nearly. And when you get to the end of the season and he's by far better than the other players in our team and we still haven't won, I think, then the Sharks will come. For sure. They will come, man. So I see him maybe going to, um, I don't know, I mean, you, you never know, he could stay in the Premiership, but I, I see Son maybe going to potentially Spain. Yeah, it suits his style of play. I think, I think, I think if I was Barcelona and I'm, I'm fucked for money at the moment, yeah, yeah, yeah. from a marketing point of view, I would go and get a South Korean sure. unbelievable. 100%. It's not just, he's, he's, what it is with Son, right, is that he is world-class, beautiful yeah. player, but he also comes from a, a country where they don't have many players of his ilk. So from a marketing point of view and from a performance on the pitch point of view, you get the best of both worlds. Yeah. And I think he could be a good catalyst for Barcelona if they fought like me and thought, let's go and get him. Yeah. Um, Especially <clears> if Messi leaves next year. Yeah, because some works hard, right? Mm -hmm. But he's also unbelievably technically beautiful, right? He's a great man. His, his attitude, his character, he seems like a top, top geezer. And what he would do for Barcelona on the global stage from a from an uh, Asian Pacific point of view, uh, in terms of raising the profile, mm -hmm. because they're heavy in South America, heavy in the game, Barcelona, but also on the pitch, he will produce unbelievable moments. Sure. And in Spain, where where he'll have even more time to run at defenders, For sure. <clears throat> I think he could. He could smash um, it there. That song documentary I thought you watch. Make yeah, sure you man. watch it. Yeah, so you like you use you was into that. What 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 I found interesting you said about that was how he started to hallucinate from the amount of repetition. <laughs> The amount of repetition that he... Um... So as part of his training, him and his brother had to do the warm-up for their training when they were young. They were trained by their dad. They had to do key PRPs around the full length of the pitch. Around a... Full-size pitch. Okay. And they had to do it four or five times. And if you dropped the ball once in that lap, you had to start from the beginning and go around again. What game, what film is that that's like that with Tom Cruise, where every time you die, you start from where you died? Oh, um, it's with Emily Blunt. Yes, um, I love Emily Blunt in that film as well. That's quite a random, random but good film, that. Brilliant film, man. I, f I found that film to be really, really, really good, man. I love the way that he kept remembering what to do to make End sure. End of tomorrow. End of tomorrow. And there's computer games that are like that. You know, like when you get to a checkpoint yeah. and then you die. But anyway, go on. So Sun's kicking the ball around a whole so football pitch and he can't drop it once. He can't drop it once. If he drops it once, then he has to start back from the beginning. And he said that there were times where he was going around, he was, he was doing so many key PRPs, they started to hallucinate. So his, I mean, his, his dad's also in the documentary. His dad's an amazing guy. He's someone that is very disciplined about hard work. And you can see it. Son is world-class. And so son is world-class for a reason. His yeah. dad is that reason. Well, they say, isn't it, that the more you repeat anything in, in life, for sure. like I think is, is it, if you do 10,000 hours, 10, 10, hours, hours, when you see that in that documentary, <clears throat> not saying that you want to repeat what son does, but it might give you a bit of motivation to do whatever you need for to. Sure. What, 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 oh yeah, so also talking to sports documentaries, there is a wicked documentary coming. Yeah. It's Mike Tyson and Frank Bruno. Right, it's on Sky Documentary oh, Series. The, the trailer looks wicked, yeah, man. It yeah, gave yeah, me yeah, like, yeah. it gave me proper like goosebumps, and I was, I was like, wicked, man. When is that out? I think it's on the twenty sixth of February, I believe, um, and it looks brilliant, man. Like they meet up with each other, and um, it seems nice, man. It seems like Frank and Mike they help each other get some closure on some maybe some situations, or but I can't wait to watch it. I can't wait to watch it. I, I saw the trailer, and it looks yeah. sick. Coming to Netflix? No, it's on Sky. Is it Sky? What's it called? Behind, What's it called? called? Behind the Rivalry. Yes, that's the Sky one. Yeah. Right. So you're telling me that's Netflix are also coming with their yeah, one? Yeah, they're coming with documentary. So once again, you know, we mentioned about um, how many networks. 
<clears throat> we're going to make a TV program about the, yeah, the GameStop shit. The so now you're telling me Netflix. So would you mind, what's the Netflix Tyson uh, Bruno thing called? It's unnamed as of yet. It's unnamed. Yeah. Oh, man, they're proper chumping on each <laughs> other, man. Wow. Talking to Netflix, um, new Biggie documentary. Yeah, I saw that. What, you watched the I whole thing? No, you watched no, no, it? No, no. What'd you watch, trailer? Um, I watched trailer. But so I cut it short because I feel like they were, they were starting to give away a bit too much. And it I looked to, good though, innit? It looked very good. It looked it good. good. It looked good. So, um, actually, um, yeah, that might be this week's watch, actually. I want um, more archive footage. Yeah. I love the fact that this the trailer showed, you know, them on tour in Detroit. Yeah, man. So I'm looking forward to, uh, to, to that. You didn't watch 000, did you? No. Fantastic. Shall I tell you what I did watch? What? Lucky, num Lucky number 11. Oh, yeah. Did you watch <laughs> it? Did you? <laughs> did you watch it? I don't need to watch it. I know okay, the film cool. Inside All Out. Right, Inside no Out. Charlie Chaplin entered the Charlie Chaplin competition. <laughs> came third. No, that's now, a that's a story. That film, man. Even the song at the end. The, the down, down, down. It's a, you, know, you know the song I'm talking about with yeah, the credits? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like it's written for the film. Mm -hmm. Right, so Lucky number 11. Is it cool? It's a fucking sick film. Is it slick? Very slick. Layers. So many layers. Acting. Next level. Storyline. Next level. Link up connection. You were lost. Halfway through, you were lost and you were just... And then the clarity. Brilliant. But the I love stories like that. I love stories that take you on so many different tangents. Yeah. And... Lose you. They lose you. You're lost. You got, you got Josh Hartnett standing there. Who's, by the way, a very good actor. Very good actor. Very good actor. You know he's in Sin City? He's in Sin City, yeah. For about nine and a half seconds. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But that's what I love when top actors don't mind being in a film yeah. for a little while. Yeah. It's just like, you know what? As long as I'm in it and I could do my thing. But yes, I think Sin City is a wicked film. But going back to Lucky Number 11. There's a heavyweight cast in Lucky Number 11. I didn't realise until I was watching it. Well, let's it. run through it. Yeah. So we've got Morgan Josh. Freeman, ben Kingsley. Yeah. You've got Bruce Willis. Yep. You've got Lucy Liu. Yeah. Lucy Liu was fucking amazing. Lucy Liu, you're beautiful. <laughs> you're beautiful. Yep. Been beautiful. I'm sure um, she met Tupac somewhere. I'm sure she's got a Tupac story. Does she? She does. I'd need to Google that, but I'm pretty, I'm confident. Okay. I'm confident on that. But yeah, so you got all those names. You had Danny Ayola. We spoke about him last time. He from Leon? A, he, yeah, from Leon. What's his role in this? He's the bookkeeper. He's the bookkeeper. The Italian one. The Italian one. Oh my God, he's the one yeah. that gives Josh's dad 20 yeah. grand. There you are. Are you sure you're going to be able to pay this back? You know what the interest is on this? Such a slick film, man. Where did, was it, when, when did you sort of, and be honest about this, mm -hmm. when did you sort of realise that they were working together? I realised halfway through the film and I realised because he was being a bit too casual in his approach to the situation that he was in. Because very quickly he found himself in a very serious situation. Yeah. Number one, he had to, he had to take out his rival's son. And he also owed 33 grand to the Duke. So very quickly, he found himself in a very serious situation, two serious situations. But he was very calm and collected about it, about the whole thing. He was very calm about the whole situation. But you're missing a major point, uh -huh. why he was calm and why he was collected. Yeah. This is 20 years in the making. You've got to understand that this boy... So that's why, that's, that's, that's exactly when you asked me that question, that's why is because you're like, hold on a second. For someone to be this calm, yeah. you, you had to have thought to yourself, well, something else is going on here. I just thought he was genuinely thick. Like not thick, like that's I'm being that's that's the wrong word. I just thought he was genuinely. He says he has a condition in the film. Yeah, but I felt that he was he 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 was very believable at playing Nick's mate. Like I'm just Nick's mate. I've turned up here. I've come to see my mate at his apartment. It wasn't until 
I don't want to give too much away. Do you know what I mean? Because I think for anyone that hasn't seen it, it's, very good you, it's a film that you can you can dive into it and you're deep in the ocean. Yeah. Like it's you can really you get absorbed in the film. Very yeah, quickly. man, it's very a great quickly. story. And the retribution of this film, mm -hmm. the sequence mm -hmm. that starts yeah. when they're Stanley Tucci. Yeah. And how he, his part in the whole situation. Do you remember? What he'd done to Josh's. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. I, I, I know, I know. I, but look, look at the way that at the start of the film. That I didn't see coming, by the way. I didn't see that coming until the last, when he's on the phone. Yes. And then he starts. And then it, and then it, and then it pans up. It goes back to the scene yeah. with his mum. Yeah. And it pans up yeah, and, and Luke, reveals yeah, a revelation. Yeah. And you're like, oh, shit. Yeah. But it was, it was like, it was like so many moving pieces. But then when they were all stitched together, their, the revenge retribution, the way they carried it all out, it was the way it was delivered to the, to the viewer was wicked yeah. because it did it. It made wicked sense and it was slick. I was just loving the fact that, you know, the whole thing was set up. Like we're going to, we're going to get a connection to Morgan Freeman's crew. We're going to get a connection to Ben Kingsley's crew, but we're going to do it where they're not going to think anything suspicious. Yeah. And that was just yeah. proper, man. The dialogue as well was something that I really enjoyed in that film. Mm. The back and forth between the characters. Is, yeah, it's really enjoyable. Like talk. the scene where Morgan Freeman's crew come to pick up Josh Harnett. That scene is brilliant. And he goes, "You were sad at this place," <laughs> and I just thought that whole kind of back and forth was brilliant. And, and like, then Do you have ID, and he's like, "Funny story." <laughs> <laughs> and you know when you know when he, he sort of goes back to he's, he's talking to Ben Kingsley, and he like he walk, he takes a couple of steps away, and then he yeah. comes back towards his desk, yeah. and he says something. I don't want to give away what he says, but. It, it makes Ben Kingsley pull something out yeah, yeah, and yeah. deliver this wicked yeah, yeah, yeah. like dialogue of justification about how he's allowed to do what he's allowed to do. To be a rabbi and a gangster. Yeah. No, it's a really, really cool film. And the music in it's really cool. There's a tune called After Laughter Comes Tears. And um, I think the, the woman that sang it was Wendy Renee. And it's been remixed by the Wu-Tang Clan. Um, Rizza, he remixed it. And it's a, it's a beautiful tune, yeah? It's like one of those kind of 1930s soul tunes. Mm -hmm. After Laughter Comes Tears. Check out that as well. Mm -hmm. um, and even, you know what? It's, I mean, once again, I don't want to give too much away, but I think it's definitely, what do you reckon, top 20? Where, you, where would you put Lucky Number 11? Like, look, like, look how much you, like, you enjoyed watching it. Yeah, top 20. Do you know what mm -hmm. I mean? I'll go top 20. Sick. Lucky number 11. Yeah, man. Recommendation. Yeah, so that's what you caught up with. I went, I went, I went 80s. Okay. I went 80s. Um, and I recommend you as a film lover, Hash, to dive into the 80s mm -hmm. because there's films that are iconic that um, the reason that cinema is what it is now is because of films in the 80s. So I watched The Running Man, Arnold Schwarzenegger. Joke's film. Set, okay. in, set into 2017 which we're clearly past <laughs> but yeah it was interesting to watch um, what's the story so the storyline is we're in a dystopian world no one's allowed to sort of think for themselves or everything's controlled in terms of the narrative what you see in the media everyone watches uh, a certain show where the justification is the contestants are criminals and they're hunted by certain individuals that are like uh, TV characters so one stalker might be good with fire another mm -hmm. stalker might be good with electricity and you're just watching it's like the Romans you know the Colosseum you know how they used to watch gladiators and they used to watch like death and cheer and all that it's like that but fast forward it to 2017 so you've got like normal people that are like kill him and, and all that kind of stuff um and arnie gets set up so arnie gets set up they edit some footage and they make out that he shoots loads of innocent people but he doesn't 
and then basically he becomes like a contestant on the show due to his like vigilante ways and always outdoing the authorities but yeah man I was, it was an interesting watch it's um it's got some really funny one-liners in it like proper 80s style so there's a scene where he takes a woman hostage and she goes um i get air sick i get car sick and like i'm gonna vomit all over you and he's wearing the loudest hawaiian shirt ever and she's like i'm gonna be sick all over you and he goes don't worry no one will notice in this shirt <laughs> but it's like there's so many of those one-liners in this film right there's like an old woman and they go to the old woman who do you want next to take out um ben arnie's name's ben in this film so instead of her nominating a stalker she nominates ben all the crowd are like they're all a bit confused and she's this woman's like eight years old and she's like yeah i'm going for him what he's a bad motherfucker do you know what i mean so it's got loads of these proper 80s lines but a traditional 80s action movie. Do you know what I mean? And some of these movies, they're popcorn films, like you ain't got a left, like, thinking too deeply, but they're enjoyable. The 80s hash is an era of films where there's just so many wicked gangster films for you to watch. Scarface, that was the... No, that was 70s. No, that was 80s. Was it 80s? That was 80s as well. Yeah, 1983. Wall Street. Wall Street was 80s. Yeah, 1987. E.T., Steven Spielberg, Jaws... Did you crack on with any... Um, I've got to tell you about Zero, Zero, Zero as well, just quickly. Okay. Like, it's a great mini TV series. And it's a, it's a really good watch, Hash. It's a really good watch. So I'm up to date. Gamora. Yeah, talk to so me. I'm in season four. Yeah. Episode 11. The we're watching the last the episode together. So the last episode is oh. the one that I've been waiting for. Yes. So we're going to watch that tonight. We're going to watch that 100%, tonight. 100%. Because the way that the story has now been set up... Woo! I was I was shouting at the TV yesterday. Or I was shouting at the TV. Jenny's back. <laughs> the it's back in it. The look on his face, like it's it's real shit. It's getting down. There are still so many unresolved plot points. Would you call and them variables or would you call them loose ends? Loose ends. <laughs> in Kamora, everything's a loose end. But they're variables because they could go either way. Yeah. They could go up, down, left, yeah, yeah, or right. But there are there are both variables and loose ends that need to be tied up. So hold on, you were shouting at the TV. That's yeah. big. <laughs> tell us, tell us. But no, because I love I love how everyone's been there, Hash, where a program or a movie or a scene you has, has, has got them out of their, or got them to show some emotion. And that's what, what it's all about. Been, that's what it's all about, bruv. 100%. That's especially when you've been as invested into this story as I have been, as you know I have been. Yeah, but positively invested. Yeah, yeah. Like it's, um, it's, yeah so go on. Four seasons Break in. it down. What happened? How come you were shouting at the TV? Don't want to say... Okay. There's, 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 I don't want to. I would like people because, yeah, man, Gamora is something that, that <laughs> if no one's seen Gamora, like that's if it comes to any recommendation I can make, films, shows, whatever, Gamora, it has to be Gamora. So when you when you when you're chatting with someone, right? Yeah. Like say you're at a pub or you're at work or you're just chatting with someone, yeah. and you say to someone like, "Have you seen Gamora?" and then they they look at you and you look at them. It's a great moment for sure. But there's there's very few people that have seen it, and I want more people to see it. So Why do you think that is? I think because it's an Italian show. It's done well. It's it's, it's popular in Europe. It's popular in, in Eastern and parts of Western Europe. Yep. But it's not as popular in the UK. I'm not sure why. Is it the greatest TV series you have ever seen in your whole life? 100%. Beautiful. 100%. I think I'm about 90% sure that it takes the top spot of best shows ever. And what would, what would just from a debate pur purpose, yeah. what would be like a, a close second to a Gamora? Breaking Bad. Right. Yeah. Breaking Bad. I'll go Soprano. I put Sopranos as the third. Yeah. I put Sopranos as yeah. third. But Gamora is, like I've said it before to a lot of people, bruv, it's like an anomaly. 
Yeah. That's the right word. It's an institution. <laughs> like it stands. It, you know, you've got um, in America, you've got that mountain with the four heads on it. What's it called? Rushmore. Rushmore Mount, Mount, Rushmore. Mount Rushmore. There's no Mount Rushmore for Gomorrah. Yeah. Like Gomorrah. Like, and, and, and I don't want to. I don't want to. I don't want to sound like you know. But it's extra. I'm going to gas it though because I love it. So I'm going to gas it. I think Mount Rushmore, in terms of if you were looking at it in TV series, Gomorrah could happily sit on its own. Do you know what I mean? Like I've never known a series where I, I don't I don't look at Gamora and say, yeah, it reminds me of what I what I saw in that series or yeah. the way they did that reminded me of that movie. So unique. It's so unique, man. And I, and I and I encourage anyone that hasn't seen it who is bored out of their fucking mind with with uh, living you don't at the moment. Have to be bored out of your mind to watch this show. No, but I'm just exaggerating the fact that there's a lot of people that are probably bored because yeah. of the restrictions that we're in. But that could really I mean, you could you could enjoy. You got what? What have you got? You got four series, right? You got four series, twelve episodes each, averaging fifty-five minutes an yeah, hour. About an hour an episode, and you've got a movie, and you've got a movie, yeah, and wedged in between season three and season four, which 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 doesn't cause any confusion no, and still all. stays with the synergy yeah, yeah. and is beautiful with the cohesion. Yeah, it tells its own story. Once that story's told, that's it. Keep it moving. Yeah, but zero zero zero. The one thing I want to say about that is because it's made by the same people. There is a particular character in it that I. Phil is like the Mexican Gary Oldman. The Mexican Gary the Oldman. The Mexican Gary Oldman. I don't know <laughs> what it is about this particular character. He's a religious man. Yeah. He is part of the not uh, part of the Mexican special forces. I'm not giving nothing away. He's uh he has a mustache and he is a very memorable character. He left he he left a mark on me. But for some reason, bro, he reminded me of the Mexican Gary Oldman. Okay. So, um, and I spoke to a few people that watched the program. They said the same. And they kind of, we, we kind of had a chuckle with that. It was like, yeah, I can see where you're going with yeah. that. Um, it's, and it's a great mini TV series. So, I've got Sky Atlantic, okay. but I've, I've done the research. There's not going to be any other um, extensions of 000. So, what's good is when you do sit down to watch it, you know that it's going to be a start, middle and end within the eight episodes it's giving you. Um, and I think it's a really good watch. The, the female from it, I can't remember her name. She's in a film called Oblivion with Tom Cruise, okay. which is one of my greatest films of all time. And she's really good in 000. She's really, really good. And uh, yeah, man, so I, I just want to get people's, people's thoughts on whether they feel the Mexican Gary Oldman and also his performance in the whole program. Um, but yeah, it starts and ends in eight episodes. So okay. give, give that one, um, give that, give that a whirl, man. Give that a whirl. Also, I thought this was quite interesting. I just want to touch upon two things that I thought were really interesting. So I watched an interview with Aldous Huxley. He wrote the book, A Brave New World, which I haven't read. Um, but I've done some research into the, into his book. It's sort of like a book, a little bit like 1984, where it's set in a, in a, in a in a future and an example of <clears throat> the world that he he was looking at it was like um so for example you would know what what role and what job you're going to have as a baby so for example they would get babies to play with flowers and books and then electrocute the children so that they they always associated that pain with books and flowers because they were going to live in cities and be just doing manual warehouse jobs so there was no need for them to ever want to have a desire for books or flowers. So that's how they would condition from a young age. Um, but I saw an interview of him on YouTube, Hash. I don't know why it came up in my recommended thing. Um, from 1950. This interview is about 28 minutes long, but it's fascinating the way that he's talking about the future world and, and um, how TV at the time 
was kind of neutral in its agenda, but how he felt it because of what he was seeing in communist countries in the 1950s, how he was concerned about the power of what TV and other electrical things could do um, as we move forward. Uh, and it was really interesting how he would talk about we would actually enjoy being slaves to our phones or our, our technology. And I don't want to start going down, you know, debating on whether or not, you know, we know there's some, there's positives with technology and there's negatives. We know that. But I really think that the, the interview is fascinating to watch because it's from 1950. But the way that he's talking and the comments underneath, um, big up to YouTube comments, I love reading them. Um, they were like really interesting how a lot of people were comparing it to what was going on, what was going on now. And I'm seeing a lot, I'm seeing a lot of content on YouTube where there's things that people were talking about from 20, 30 years ago, which are happening now. Mm -hmm. And I do find that interesting. Mm -hmm. I do find, you know, when you look at... Um, it's a bit like the book I'm reading, 1984. Yeah, so you're reading George Orwell's book. Yeah. But what's more fascinating about... And the amount of things that he's got right in that book so far... Yeah. Is, so you know, like, wow, you know the like, YouTube comments? When was that written, actually? It was written in the 1930s. Was it 1930? Have a little look, though, just in case I'm wrong. It could be 1940s. Do you know what's really interesting, Hash? You know on YouTube, the comments under all George Well content, it says, make Orwell fiction again. 1949. So what I'm trying to say is that people are concerned that what he wrote about is actually... Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? There's no smoke without fire, sure. as they say. So how far into the book are you? I've been, I've been halfway through for the past couple of weeks now. So he, he's, he's, uh, he's met the girl. Yeah, he's met the girl. Yeah, and, they, and they, they're sneaking off doing yeah, their yeah, things. Yeah, they're sneaking off yeah. doing their things. Have they, have, they, have they rented the room yet? They've rented the room. Yeah. They've rented the room. Yeah, that's, that's, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, that's where I'm at now. Bro, it's so deep, That's where I'm at now. There's a film, on, the there's a film on, there's a 1984 film yeah. on YouTube. Okay. But it's old. It's like they filmed it in the 50s. Okay. And it's not the greatest film in the world. Yeah. But it's fascinating to watch. Okay. Yeah. I'll definitely give that a watch once I finish reading it. But just, I mean, just so far the stuff I've read and the stuff that he's got like he just nailed it yeah he nailed was, there, was there one that stands out the telescreen definitely because I mean our phones yeah. and our smart TVs are basically telescreens the hate, the hate stuff? stuff as well for like sure the propaganda yeah, yeah the propaganda for sure the programming um, the programming the fact that they would edit edit things before they go out yeah. edit articles what about the kids they've got um, the kids grassing everyone up which is passing through house yeah, of yeah, lords yeah, yeah. yeah and then they've got the the lies about the walls that they're in as well can I ask you about that actually yeah so have you seen Wag the Dog no I think it's called Wag the Dog let me just quickly check on here. So you're a fan of De Niro, aren't you? For sure. You like Bill Murray? For sure. You like Uma Thurman? For sure. Oh, I've got a film for you, brother. Oh. I've got a film for you, homie. You like Dustin Hoffman? 100%. Oh, I've got a film for you. What about Woody? Harrelson? 100%. Right. You need to watch Wag the Dog. Okay. This is a film set in 1997. It was made in 97. Yeah. And I don't want to give too much away. I know I'm, I'm a bit bad at that. But give, es give es es essentially, essentially... A president gets caught in a compromising situation. Mm -hmm. So they create a media campaign to create the biggest distraction away from what the president's actually done. Okay. And um, there's a lot of fake news in this film. And it's fascinating to watch. It's got a great cast. Dustin Hoffman is unbelievable okay. in this film. His extravagance and... Like, he will leave a mark on you in this okay. film. Wag the dog, yeah? Yeah, wag the dog, right? Add that as your, uh, into your recommendation, especially because of, um, you're, sorry, you're reading a book about how the media is being controlled so that the people believe what they're seeing. This film is doing that as if it was happening in real, in real life. It involves Albania, but yeah, so wag the dog hash, man. Really, really good film in relation to staged media events that get the public. Because if you think about it, right, let's look at it like this, right? If you woke up tomorrow 
and you put on channel BBC One and you saw England has invaded Spain. Mm-hmm. Then you went to Sky News and you saw that England had invaded Spain. And then you went on Facebook and you saw that England had invaded Spain. You might believe that England had invaded Spain, but there's a good possibility that England haven't invaded Spain. But there's enough technology now and there's enough control in the technology to make you feel that that narrative is, is the real deal Holyfield. Like, yeah. Which is what's happening in, in 1984 in the book. Yeah. No one has, they have no idea if there's, an actual, if there's, no, if there's yeah. a war or multiple wars going on. No one has any idea. Last night, I see footage of a whale coming out of a, of a high school gym yeah. and splashing back out of the... So a, a blue whale came out of a basketball court yeah. on a high school gym <laughs> and then disappeared. But bruv, he looked real. You <laughs> shit look real, man. I swear to God, this shit. So what, what I'm getting at is that, like I said to you, if you woke up and the CGI was believable enough, yeah, you yeah. could think that there's something going on. And yeah, you'd be like, yeah. you bring your mates and say, England's at war with Spain. And they'll be like, yeah, I can see it as well. Yeah, so yeah. Wag the Dog is a, is a good film oh, to show check that. out. De Niro has been this actor that just when you think you've seen all his films, there's always one or two that just sneak up on you. Yeah, he's versatile. He's done so many films. So many films. And I think I think sometimes when you do so many films, you're gonna have hit, hits and misses. You can't always have you can't always have heavyweight For sure. bomb a lot, films. A lot of his films are not, are not that good. Yeah, but but there's enough that are. But there's enough that, do you know are, what I mean? that are the best of the best. Yeah, it's like look at Madonna. Madonna's got some hits, but there's some tunes that are whack. Sure. But she's still a heavyweight. For sure. You know what I mean? Madonna's still going to pack a stadium. Yeah. So De Niro's got enough platinum plaques, as I would say, compared to, you know, the ones that didn't really do that well. Yeah. But that's another heavyweight film okay. um, for you to check out. So I was on Netflix today. Okay. Um, and I went on their recently added list. And one of the recently added films. Yeah. What was the last film that you watched in the cinema? Oh, um, <laughs> the shark film with um, Jason, with Jason Stray. The Meg. Yeah. <laughs> Did you watch it? <laughs> Because no, you, you told me it was the shittest of the shit. No, but you got you have to just because I said it's shit. Yeah. you have to still give it its hash moment. If, it's, if it's, it has to have else, a hash moment. If I've got nothing else to watch, I'm gonna watch. Yeah, and and I think you know that's that's what it is. You've got nothing else to watch. Lightweight cheese. It's not even. You know what? This one I wouldn't even. I'm not gonna put this one in lightweight cheese. I'm gonna put this one in like an acquired taste of cheese. Okay. Do you know what I mean? Like it's so bad that it's like you know like you know like um. Do you remember them Rustlers burgers? Yeah. Where you can never, you can microwave never, them in seventy seconds. I used to I used to stand mm. there and I'll look at them and think, who the fuck is buying that? Yeah, so you know, like that's what this film's like. Like you look at this film and you think, okay, it's got everything. <laughs> it seems like it's got everything. It's got like mad CGI, yeah. like Jason Stratham's in it. Like I'm not saying you're expecting like a powerful movie, but you're expecting like you know some one-liners, you yeah, know yeah. some action. Yeah. But yeah, man, then you realise after you take that burger out of the microwave and it's only been in there for 70 seconds and the, and the bun's all soggy. Like? Tell me, what does a Rusters burger taste like? All right, basically, when you pull it out, yeah, yeah. Like obviously because it's been in a microwave and it's been condensing, <laughs> some water's, like I say, <laughs> the bun's got a bit soggy. The cheese, the cheese, like, it, it, it doesn't really move and you're sort of eating what now tastes like, like Aero Burger. <laughs> like, not the taste of it, but the texture, the texture of it, like, it's not the one it's not the one I, I have had a few of them in my time which I'm you know not proud of but it's just common sense isn't it you've got to think to yourself in life right you see a burger that you can cook in 70 <laughs> seconds and you think to yourself you've got to really think to yourself here like how the fuck can I cook a burger in 70 seconds when that burger's come from an animal and we know that barbecues alone take longer to cook a fucking you got a Southgate kebabs right you say yeah I want a burger he's like alright cool do you want cheese like, yeah whack some cheese on that for me Massive like, cool. shout out to you got 8 kebabs. to 10 minutes you got 8 to 10 minutes 
So common sense eventually kicked in for me and I was like, <laughs> I need to stop eating these burgers, man. <laughs> <laughs> but yo, I ain't even used a microwave for 10 years. I ain't even used a microwave. Microwave ain't been in my house for yeah, like good, same, a good... I don't use a microwave. You know what I mean? No microwave in the kitchen. No, man. So That's um, the way to cook food. Yeah. But yeah, Rustlers, man. Shout out to Rustlers. Shout out to Rustlers.